Encyclical Letter Ubi Urbanio Russian Persecution of Catholics in Poland by Pope Pius the Ninth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Encyclical Letter of the Pope to the Polish Clergy Oitus Express Rome, September the 17th The following is believed to be the authentic text of the encyclical letter recently addressed by the Pope to the Polish clergy. Castel Gandolfo, July the 30th, 1864 We, Pius IX, do the archbishops, bishops, and other ecclesiastics of the Kingdom of Poland and of the Russian provinces in communion with the Holy See. When, upon the 24th of April last, a day sacred to St. Fidelio of Sigmaringen, we bitterly deplored at the College of Propaganda the sad and lamentable situation of the Kingdom of Poland, and the inconsiderate revolution which had broken out against the powerful Emperor of Russia, we said also that we had learned, from the newspapers, the rigorous measures taken by the Russian government, not only to repress the Polish insurrection, but also to extirpate the Catholic religion from that kingdom. We added that it was necessary to verify these sad statements with the greatest care, and by information derived from the most authentic sources, because it is not well always to rely blindly on the press. But, venerable brethren, we have now ascertained, with profound sorrow, from abundant testimony worthy of belief, which has been transmitted to us, the truth of the rigour with which the Russian government does not cease to pursue the Catholic Church in Poland, her members, and the faithful. We have learned, indeed, with certainty, that the government, long since the enemy of the Catholic Church, and animated by the desire of leading all its subjects into schism, has seized upon the pretext of the revolution, which has broken out, to persecute in every way all Catholics and our holy religion. Consequently, setting on one side the concordat agreed upon with us, and trampling underfoot the public conventions which protect the Catholic Church in Poland, it has promulgated a host of laws and decrees contrary to the Catholic religion, prohibiting Catholic writings, and favouring, upon the contrary, the diffusion of books and newspapers opposed to Catholic doctrine, prints filled with gross insults against the Vicar of Christ upon earth, and against this apostolic chair, and having for their principal object the perversion of the Polish people. The Russian government has further never ceased to forbid communication with us and with the Holy See, to prescribe oaths contrary to the divine laws, to excite the people against the Catholic priests, and to hinder the latter from preaching, to teach the difference existing between Catholic truth and schism, forbidding, under the most serious penalties, the abandonment of fatal heresy and return to the bosom of the Catholic Church. Ministers of religion have been expelled from their convents, which have been converted into barracks. Bishops have been removed from their dioceses and sent into exile. An extraordinary number of Greek Catholics, already dragged into heresy by shameful machinations, have found themselves prevented from returning, as they had wished, within the pale of the Catholic Church. 
an incalculable number of our brethren of the Latin confession have been torn from the Catholic Church, especially by means of mixed marriages. Children left orphans have been sent into distant countries under pretext of tutelage and taken from the Catholic Church. Thus innumerable Catholics of every age, of either sex, and of every rank, have been rigorously persecuted and transported into remote regions. Catholic churches have been profaned and converted into non-Catholic temples or barracks. Priests have been ill-treated in a horrible manner, despoiled of their property, reduced to frightful misery, sent into exile, or thrown into prison, and even put to death, for having continued to offer the aid of their ministrations to the wounded and the dying upon the field of battle. It must be added to this that the priests and laymen sent into exile are deprived of all the offices of our religion, and that the Catholics of Lithuania have had to choose between exile into distant countries and apostasy. All these measures, and others equally deplorable, are unceasingly employed by the Russian government against the Catholic Church. This causes us profound sorrow, venerable brethren, and we are unable to restrain our tears when we think of the faithful who endure all the persecutions by which the Russian government endeavours to annihilate the Catholic religion in the Kingdom of Poland and in other portions of its empire. In this cruel war, which the Russian government has undertaken against the rights, the ministers, and the property of the Catholic Church, we are further obliged to deplore and to condemn another attempt quite novel in the history of the Church and unheard of up to this day. Not only has this government banished into remote regions our venerable brother Sigismund, the noble and worthy Archbishop of Warsaw, after having torn him from his see, but it has further not scrupled to order that he should be deprived of all authority and all episcopal jurisdiction in his diocese, and has also not hesitated to forbid all communications between him and his diocese, declaring that Paul Zavonsky, his vicar-general, and bishop of Prusa in Partibus, appointed by us suffragan of the bishop of Warsaw, will suffice to administer the diocese of our dear son, Words fail us to qualify and reprove such an act. Who will not be profoundly astonished to learn that the Russian government has falsely adopted the belief that it could deprive the bishops of a mission given by the Holy Spirit of an authority received from God, and never subordinated to lay authority, and could remove them from the government and the administration of their diocese? By condemning and reproving this error, we must at the same time declare plainly and aloud that no one can obey these orders, but that all must render faithful obedience to our venerable brother Sigismund, who is the true and legitimate Archbishop of Warsaw. We doubt not also that our dear son, Paul Savonsky, calling to mind his duty and refusing to obey the orders of the Russian government, will continue to exercise the functions of Vicar-General, which have been entrusted to him by his legitimate superior, the Archbishop of Warsaw, and will, in all things, and in every way, hasten to obey his orders. But while taking heaven and earth to witness, O venerable brethren, we deplore and reprove the persecutions which the Russian government does not cease to exercise against the Church, we are very far from approving in any way 
the revolutionary movement inconsiderately carried out in Poland. All the world, in fact, is aware with what care the Catholic Church has always recommended and taught that every person should obey the constituted authorities, and that each should submit himself to the civil power, so long at least as its orders are not contrary to the laws of God and of the Church. For this reason, we deeply regret that the Polish insurrection should have excited the Russian government to persecute and oppress the Church still further. While condemning and reproving this revolt, so injurious to Christian and civil society, it is our duty to call urgently upon those who direct the people to employ all their strength, lest the grave words of the Book of Wisdom be addressed to them. Ye have received this power and this dominion from the Most High, who will ask of your works, and will sound the depths of your thoughts, forasmuch as, being the ministers of his kingdom, you have not judged equitably, neither have regarded the law of justice, neither have walked according to the will of God. He will manifest himself unto you in a terrible manner, because they who govern other men shall be judged with extreme rigour, for more compassion is felt for the lowly, but the powerful shall be powerfully tormented. The Book of Wisdom, chapter 4, verses 4, 5, 6, and 7. We pray also, the great princes of the earth, and we call upon them to observe good faith and to understand that, when nations are removed from our holy religion, from its salutary doctrines, from the obedience due to God and to the Church, and when they are cut off from communication with the Holy See, they are defiled by every error and by the most pernicious vices. It results from this that these nations, having lost the fear of and respect for God, having shaken off the ties of gentle religion and forgotten the obedience due to God and to the laws of his church, allow themselves to be carried away by every license and by a lawless life, and, acting according to their caprices, despise honour, insult authority, rise up against the princes, and refuse to obey them. But in the extreme grief caused by the immensity of the evils which weigh, O venerable brethren, upon you, and upon the faithful confided to your care, we are, in no slight degree, consoled by your virtues, in your firmness in defending the Church, and enduring so many fatigues and tribulations for the Catholic faith. And as you know that blessed are they who are persecuted for justice's sake, that it is glorious to suffer for Jesus Christ, and that they who persevere until the end shall be saved, we are convinced that, relying upon the Lord and upon the honour of his might, you will continue to fight with invincible courage for the defence of his church and for salvation of souls, calling to mind, Quod non sunt condigne passionis huius temporis ad futurum gloriam quae revelabitur in vobis. St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 18. We send you, therefore, this letter to arouse more and more your episcopal courage to support so many sufferings, to watch over the flock entrusted to your charge, and to spare neither care nor advice nor fatigue, that the faithful under your jurisdiction may abstain from all evil and remain constantly firm in the practice of the Catholic faith and religion, without ever allowing themselves to be conquered 
and dragged into error by the enemies of both. Consequently, we pray, we conjure the faithful committed to your care, and who are so dear to us, with all the affection of our heart, to remain constant to the Catholic faith, religion, and doctrines, which they have received by the special grace of the Lord, that, giving precedence thereto above all things, they may be firm in the way of the Lord, and in all the works which affect the love of God and of their neighbour, and which belong to the Catholic Church. Be persuaded that we, in the humility of our heart, do not cease to address day and night fervent prayers to the most clement Father of mercies, to the God of consolation, that he may cover you with his great virtue, that he may protect you with his arm, that he may guard and defend you, that he may take in hand your ways, that he may deliver the church from the calamities that afflict her, that he may abate the pride and obstinacy of her enemies, and continually shed over you the salutary dew of his bounty. In token of this, and as a particular proof of the love we bear towards you in the Lord, we herewith confer upon you, with all the clergy and faithful committed to your charge, our apostolic benediction invoked from the very bottom of our heart. Given in the nineteenth year of our pontificate, Pio Papa Nono. End of encyclical letter Ubi Urbanio, Russian Persecutions of Catholics in Poland, by Pope Pius the Ninth. Recording by Algie Pug.